hi there, it's Kirk, uh, Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Hope you're having a wonderful day. A little sip of coffee here. Coffee is always encouraging to me. Good coffee is encouraging. Started roasting my own. Um, that's fun for me. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to kind of talk about that today. Uh, if you like this, please, uh, please like it. Please share it. Please subscribe so you don't miss any content. And I would ask that you'd pray for me as I head to Louisiana next week for an all-church workers conference to present a Pastors Positive Mental Health uh, and Strategies for Church Workers. Um, it's one of my passions, and I get to do it. And so I'm really excited to help the church flourish, and uh, hopefully this will help the 147 churches that are in that those uh, four states that are combined there. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to look at some stuff that we've talked about, you know, um, all the time. Shout out to Cadence and Zach. Um, anyway, uh, that we've talked about a little bit. And I'll put the, again, the, the article, I'll put the, the reference to it in the description here if you want to check it out yourself. Uh, but how to encourage your pastor. Now, these are some things that we've talked about, uh, but, but I, I want you to know that this is not something that's just, uh, I'm making up. No, you didn't think that anyway. Uh, this is something that, that I think is important that we can take actionable steps. And one of the resources that I've created, and I want to encourage you to get it, is the book uh, Affirmed, Building the Positive Mental Health of Your Pastor. It kind of really walks through these steps with action steps for you to think about it, for it to be specific, and great to do for, as a Bible study or a book study uh, with a group of people in your church. Neither, need another sip of coffee today. Hmm, it's good stuff. Anyway, so how to encourage your pastor? The first thing is, is to thank them. Now, you know, uh, we'll get more into that, but I think just simple thanks. So many people walk into church and they leave and they don't say thank you. Uh, they don't, uh, you know, even they say, hi, how you doing? And they start talking about their problems often. Um, and, and that's my fault often. All I say, how are things going? And so I open that up because I do want them to be able to be vulnerable and share so I can pray specifically and I can I can follow up with them in certain ways. Uh, but just thank them. It goes a long way just to say, Thank you. But beyond that, I think um, being specific in your thanks. Now, this is something that was very uh, seen in the, in the amount of study that I've done and the research that I've done, that being specific about why you're thanking the pastor, because sometimes it's just a, oh, well, thank you, pastor. You know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, that's good. Don't stop that. But I would also encourage you to go, why am I thanking the pastor? Um, is it, hey, you know, we've been through a troubled time and we didn't have stability and you've come along and we really feel secure and safe in our church. We feel like we can invite other people. Is it is it you, insights that you give in scripture really helped me? Or that sermon, this that you said in that sermon really helped me? The fact that you even knew or remembered uh, my name or what I was going through. Um, I think these are specific things. And so I would encourage all church members um, whether it's a pastor or a church leader, another support staff maybe, to really look for those things you can specifically thank them for. Um, it takes a little more work, but and I think we all find ourselves thankful for pastors. But why do I thank the pastor? What am I specifically thanking the pastor for? Am I just saying thank you because it's what you're supposed to do? Or am I really impacted by that person? 
The next thing is to submit to their leadership. Oh, no. Um, but this is a challenge because pastors want to lead well. We lead with our hearts. We have a sacred calling. And I think that the challenge that we have often is, is that, well, we don't like that pastor, or we don't like this, or we don't, well, let's really pause and go, why don't you like it? Is it just because it's different than the guy before or the person before? Is is there a different direction? Is Sometimes pastors dream and they have an idea and you go, uh, I don't know about that. You know what? What's the harm in trying? Uh, you know, well, he wants to do this faith fest thing, uh, or he wants to do this uh, outreach, or he wants to change the order of service, or um, he wants to do this song, or he wants to have this extra service of praise and prayer. Um, submit to their leadership. Don't talk behind their back. Don't, don't uh, you know, question what they're doing. Now, again, obviously, if the pastor is doing something that is um, inappropriate, doing something that is off the topic of, of the church and Jesus that is maybe anti-biblical, that's something different. But most often, it's just a different idea or something different that they want. Um, but I want to encourage you to submit to their leadership. And when you do that, it's kind of the next thing that this article um, mentions is that it makes their job easy. And what I mean by that is so often, and I've been in large churches and small churches, and the same problem is is, is everywhere is that people have the expectation that things are just going to be done, that the pastor is going to take care of it, and that the staff is going to take care of it. I've been in a large church where we worked hard as staff to make sure everything was taken care of. And I remember one time uh, in a pastor meeting, when we were talking about how the pastors are running around between services, emptying trashes, mopping up floors, you know, doing all these things. I mentioned to the senior pastor, I said, you know, what if we let the garbages overflow, uh, you know, between services? Maybe that would trigger somebody to go, oh, I can help in this little way. Often we remove the responsibility from church members. And what does that ha- What does that do? That makes the church member feel like there's nothing for them to do and they fall into what is considered consumer Christianity rather than participatory uh, Christianity. And we really want people to participate. Uh, most people can empty a trash can. And so I, I just want you know to you to go to the pastor and say, what, what can I do to make your job easier? Is there something? And then if you're a pastor, give people something to do. Release something from them. You know, sometimes we hold things so tightly because I want it done a certain way. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as, as the phrase goes. Um, there's more than one way to make some, what we want to get the goal accomplished. The goal is that people would feel welcome. People would hear the word of God. They would be refreshed, renewed, and then sent to go proclaim the good news. And so, you know, that's the goal. So what are these little things that we do in and out of that? Next thing is to honor them. And this is hard sometimes. And, and one of the main ways we can honor them, and this is a touchy subject, I know, and sometimes it's it's hard to do, is to pay them well. Now, you might say, well, but our church is small and we just can't afford to pay them a high salary. That's okay. Are there needs that you can provide for them? Can you bring them a meal? Can you bring them groceries? Um, I, I know of pastors in rural areas that they get like half a cow from from a farmer. You know, it's from it's from their 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 their, their uh, flock or their herd, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, or they get some, they get food from them. I, I think the little things like that, how can you provide for them? Can you go fill their car up with gas? 
you know, just things like that, that you can go, how can I make sure that they are well taken care of? Listen, you don't want your pastor looking for a place to go that can provide for their needs. You want them to feel like that this is a good spot and and uh, I can't find a church that is better. I'm working on a survey right now, and and one of the, the questions is, my church is the best, the statement, and they have a choice um, to make. And most of them say occasionally, um, not all the time. Some say rarely. One said never so far, so I can continue to collect data. But we never want that to be the case. And I'll tell you something, if a pastor is struggling financially, if their needs aren't being met, it radically impacts the way that they can serve the people. The next thing is that you can do to encourage your pastor is to squash gossip, all right? The pastor hears stuff all the time. Um, there's stuff being said behind the pastor's back constantly. And it's incumbent for us to, what one of the things when we're installed in my denomination is the congregation promises to make take the best construction on everything. So so rather than immediately going, oh, this is wrong, going, well, what, what, what do you think the heart of the pastor is here? Or you know what? The best construction is I don't think he intended to offend you, or I don't think he intended to to not include you, or I don't think he intended to upset you with this song choice or, or whatever it might. Be. I mean, so I think it's important for us as, as a body of believers when we hear these things to go, now wait a second, let's not let's not attack the integrity of the character of the pastor. Let's pause and go, wait a second, we're told not to gossip. We're told not to in God's word. And so, and it's not a, hey, I have a prayer request and now here's my gossip list, right? So, you know, prayer chains are, are famous for a gossip train. Um, and then another thing is come to church. Uh, and I know that seems, uh, you know, well, duh. It's not well, duh. You, you know, it's interesting. So uh, statistics will tell you that right now people consider regular church attendance 1.8 times a month. It's not that they're going out to other churches. It's not that they're, uh, you know, seeking other places. They're doing other stuff. And that really is hard for a pastor because we work hard. Um, we we trust that what we're doing is going to impact the lives of the people who show up. And when there's not that consistency of attendance, it makes it very difficult. Children's ministry is often very difficult when you try to plan. So for children's ministry, then you do all this preparation and hardly any kids show up. And then when you say, well, we're going to take a break, everyone's like, oh, you know. And, and I've had to have that conversation sometimes. Well, if, if, if people were here consistently, it would justify the effort. And so I just want to encourage you, show up to church. What does that look like? Well, you know, um, there's two things I would encourage you. First of all, um, the night before church or the day before church, start thinking about, you know, church the next day. Order your schedule around church. And that even means like, I'm not going to stay out late on a Saturday night. I'm not going to party on a Saturday night. I'm going to, you know, try to get, you know, in at a reasonable time. And so I can go to wake up the next day and expect that I'm going to go worship a holy God. It's what we're called to do. Do not forsake the gathering together of believers. So we're called to go and worship God. And so I want to encourage you to, um, that, that it's good for you to go worship God, but it also keeps you connected with the body of believers that God has gifted you to be part of. And so uh, but you got to have it. So come to church, show up to church. And I want to encourage you to, maybe you've been out of the habit of it. We'll just say, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me for the next six months 
to not miss church. Now, again, if you're really sick or you're puking, please stay away. But encourage the pastor by showing up. That shows the pastor that you're invested in the work of the ministry and you are responding as a believer to what God's word says. The next thing which goes along with, uh, you know, with also attending is to engage in the life of the church in the way God has gifted you. It's not just showing up to church for the hour or two, you know, and, and taking off. It's like, how can I invest in this community of people that, you know, that a lot of family language that we see in the Bible, uh, very communal in the, in the new church that, that, that we're all sharing things together. We consider the needs of others. Um, and I'm not against mega churches. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's, it's easy to slip in and slip out and not really experience the whole thing that church has for you. When we're told to, to work together to build one another up in love, well, if, if half of the other is not there, then we can't really build everyone up. You have a part to play. You have gifts and talents, and maybe you don't know what those are. Talk to your pastor. Say, hey, I don't know where I fit. I wanna serve, I wanna get involved. Um, where's the needs? Now, uh, pastors, listen to this. Don't automatically put people in the children's ministry. Boy, have, how many times over the years have I heard the announcement, we need help in the children's ministry? We Look, you know, that's not always the best place for people to, be, to serve. Um, I have a gal who, who, bless her heart, serves in the children's ministry, but, it, you know, and she committed to it for a year. And we realized that, man, she did a good, good job, but it wasn't the best fit necessarily for her, and she does other things around the church. She's one of those people that just loves to serve. And, and so I will encourage you to say, how can I get involved? How can I use how God has gifted me? He has gifted each one of us uniquely, and it is to build one another up in love. It's for the benefit of the church. And so it might not be clear to you, go talk to the pastor, uh, talk to others, say, what do you see in me? How can I help? Um, and, and get involved, and then trust them. Trust the pastor. Um, again, this is putting the best construction on everything, um, but most pastors do not want to show up and destroy people. Now, I know sometimes there are pastors where that's what it feels like, um, but the reality is when we're talking about conflict and things like that in the church, the challenges are that people don't talk to the pastor themselves. I have a, a great group of people here, and, and during COVID, which was crazy for all of us, um, you know, there was some some challenges with decisions that we had had to make, decisions that I had to make. I had to make them unilaterally. I don't like to do that, but sometimes you have to. Um, and and I love the sweet couple uh, that, that he, you know, the, the husband, the, the wife had a question, man, I wonder why he's doing that. She was talking to him and he goes, well, let's go talk to him. He says, I know he has a good reason for why he's doing it. Now, whether they think it's a good reason, there's a reason, right? There's one of the things that say, there's a method to my madness. You've heard that, right? I said, there's certainly a method and there's certainly madness, right? That's kind of how I look at it. But sometimes I'm just trying things and saying, okay, what if we do this? What if we do that? So, so come alongside and trust them in that. And it's okay to have those conversations, but I would encourage you, don't come to the pastor and say, why are you doing this? Say, hey, I noticed this. I just, help me understand the thought behind it. Um, and maybe the pastor hasn't really thought about it and he needs or she needs that, that, that they need that moment to go, oh, I don't know, let me think about this for a minute. Why did I do this? A church leader who's who's overseeing children's ministry or something and put a new, a new step in place or separated the class and you don't understand why, go talk to them, say, hey, let me understand this and how can I help? How can I help with what you're doing? So trust them, trust them, please trust your pastor. They desire with their heart 
to really serve the Lord and in so serve you, the church member. And then lastly, which I really think is probably first, um, is pray for them. And then that goes with, with can you write them a note? Say, hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, you know, I know this season was tough, or I noticed this on this this day. So I just want you to know I'm praying for you with all the people that are sick, with a, maybe a, a recent death or with other tragedies and you know diagnosis and whatnot. Uh, you know, the, the pastor carries that. Pray for them. Let them know you're praying for them. And then also ask, is there something specifically I can pray for? And then as a pastor, be willing to say, yeah, I'm struggling with this right now. Don't be afraid to be a little bit vulnerable, pastors. We always think that as a pastor, we have to have it all together. Well, you know what? You know you don't have it all together. Look in the mirror. Uh, you know, the, one of the biggest things that plagues pastors is what's called imposter syndrome. If people really knew, they wouldn't listen to me at all. So I feel like I'm, I'm being somebody else. Try to be real. Try to be as real as you can. Um, if you're like, eh, I don't feel good today. Or, man, I'm just struggling with my attitude today. Or I'm distracted today. You know, it's okay to admit that to people, and it's okay to ask for prayer. So, you know, here, here as pastors, we go, I want you to pray for me. Well, how about you solicit that prayer? It's okay to, to ask for prayer. Um, just like I've asked you that I'm going to Louisiana next week, I'm asking for prayer. You know, that the, the words I say, the sessions that I do as I go through positive mental health with church workers would be a benefit to them and to the body, that there would be some who are maybe, um, you know, discouraged, and they would be encouraged in their ministry, and they would notice that people actually are um, supporting them in ways that they hadn't been able to recognize before. And so this is just, you know, a, a simple article, very practical, which is the articles that I look for. Um, I like the practical stuff, and I want to encourage you, um, this this article, How to Encourage Your Pastor. There's many articles out there about that, and all of them talk very similar to this. But I want to encourage you this simply, two things. To the pastor, don't take yourself so seriously. Take the calling seriously, absolutely. But God called you. He's faithful. He will work in and through you. So trust him. Rest in the finished work of Christ. Um, secondly, um, I want to encourage church members um, to look at the church workers, uh, look at the pastor, and go, man, you know, how can I truly meet their needs? It's not that hard. We're not that difficult, you know, to say thank you for leading Bible study and bringing this out in Bible study or this thing, this analogy that you used in the sermon really spoke to me, or I really like that song that you picked, or 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 whatever, or something like that, or you know, the fact that you connect with people. Um, I really appreciate that. It doesn't take much. It takes a little bit of time and a little bit of intention, and I know you can do it. So we pray that the Holy Spirit lead and guide us so that we can encourage one another and build one another up in love, as Ephesians 4.16 um, encourages us to do. And so again, please like and share and subscribe. If you know somebody that, that needs to reach out to me, um, you know, go ahead. I'll put my email in the comment section here, but it's drtriplet.com two T's, um, P-M-H, that's for po pastor mental or positive mental health at gmail.com. Again, I hope I help you and I hope you can help others. So together, let's help the church flourish. Mm -hmm.